Hello, everyone, and welcome back to One Patriot's Place. I am Thomas Murphy. Um, absent today is, is Steve Balistrieri. Uh, he, what, why is he absent, you ask? Well, you know, he, it's the holidays, and when the holidays come, you know, family comes, and, and often they come early. <laughs> they just can't stay away from Steve. So they, he's got family all over his house, and instead of him doing this show from his car, uh, we've decided just to, you know, not not do it with him. You know, no, just stay there with your family. At least that's the story that we're being told. Um, the, the real story is that Steve's too much of a wussy to come in here and back up my bashing of one Rex Burkhead for fumbling on Saturday. <laughs> I've had a good time uh, giving it to Rex on that fumble. Um, yes, there there is no coming back from a mistake. You do you do not make up for a mistake like that. It, it it is it is not no no it's not happening. You already fumbled. No matter what happened later, no matter how many catches you made, no matter how many touchdowns you scored, and yes, even if you won at the end of the day, um, I needed those fucking fantasy football points. <laughs> I didn't get them. <laughs> so no stone hands. Hang on to the ball next time. Um, but almost sitting in for Steve today is is our guest, the one and only Alex Barth from CLNS Media. And we're going to bring him on right now because uh, Alex has got holiday stuff to do, too. But his holiday stuff has to do with being available at One Patriot's Place when, when they make uh, everybody available for questions. So we're going to do a quick one today with Alex. Alex, thank you for being here, my friend. You know, anytime, anytime. I, well, this proves it. This actually proves it. Look, man, <laughs> I have got to to talk about the white elephant that's in the room right now. Um, does uh, does Evan, our good friend Evan Lazar, does does was he kidnapped by the Amish? Because we got to talk about this beard for a few minutes. Because oh, he he, he oh. looks like a refugee from from Amish Mafia or whatever that show was. He was, he was kidnapped. <laughs> it wasn't by the Amish, but that beard's not. I I don't want to give away too much of Evan's personal life, but that beard's not totally his choice. Um, I had one too. I'm glad yep. he has his because I grew mine out in November, and I thought, oh, this looks cool, and then I saw Evans, and I'm like, Ugh. so I trimmed mine. You won't probably yeah, thank see me you. lose mine again because I look five, but I trimmed mine. No, Evan's uh, Evan's beard isn't entirely his choice. Okay, he's sticking we lose by a bet. it. He's sticking by it. Back to we lose. That. We lose a bet. Uh, not quite. <laughs> okay, that's all right. We'll leave it there. I just we we got to give Al we got to give Evan some freaking grief because you know he's he's oh he would do the same to me. You know, yeah, you know he would. He he believe me, he has. <laughs> But happy holidays. Thank you for being here, man. Tell me, buddy, um, what was it that changed with the offense last Saturday? What did you see working that wasn't working, you know, earlier in the season? Why were we back in 21 and 22 personnel finally when I've been screaming for it for, you know, six weeks? I think it's just a matter of they're, they're throttling up and getting ready for this run. You know, it, it's a cliche, and it sounds like something a lot of people will say is an excuse, and sometimes it is. But for this team this year, I think it's true. They just don't want to put everything on tape. They don't. They they right. know they can get by without showing their hand, and I think that in that game, division on the line, a chance to rest some players in Week 17. It, Bill said it. That was a playoff game, and I think they ramped up to 100. And I just think that they put some stuff out there, whether it be different formations, different plays, different schemes. It's a little bit of each. They they just threw some things out there that they haven't yep. in a while. 
because I they saw felt a wheel like route. This was time to break it out. I saw a wheel yes, route. Absolutely. I've been begging Absolutely. for wheel routes forever. I, mean, I was talking with Trags a couple of weeks ago. Of course, you you listened to that that episode. Everybody did, and um and I, we were both begging. Where, where's my wheel routes? Where where and and there they are. And and yeah, I no, think I, it's it's. I mean, you might see it go away against Miami, but I think mm-hmm. I said this to Trags and Evan before the game. What we see from the Patriots against the Bills, I mean, that's what they're going to be in the playoffs. That is going to be our best look at what this team really is before the first playoff game. So I think, I, you know, Josh McDaniels just decided to put the thing in a drive and put the pedal to the metal and worked out. Um, how do you like our, our new fullback? Which one? They used, I'm assuming you mean Landon Roberts. So I want to clarify. Yes, they used a couple. I did. Roberts? I mean, yes. can I swear on this podcast? Sure. Fuck I don't know yeah. All different, yeah? I mean. Yeah. I, I make, I just, I make I all the through. rules. The rules of the airways okay. do not apply to me. Some are different than others. I, I I just want to run through a motherfucker's face is a top five all-time football quote for me. And on not only that, so it should be a T-shirt, but the best part of that to me, and we didn't know this until the next day when Mike Reese tweeted the video out, is after he says that, after Robert says that, he says, I think that's why Bill likes me so much, because I'll run through a motherfucker's face. So, like, a lot of any any – player on either side of the ball will tell you that when it comes to run the run game in the trenches, especially for the blockers, it's a lot of it is just how much you want it. You just have to want it more than the other guy. And Landon Roberts just loves contact. He's always going to want it as much or more than the guy on the other side of him, and that's huge. And it, they're going to give him the ball. It's coming. Whether they just hand it off to him or they throw it to him on a screen, he's going to get the ball. They're setting that up. So it's been a fun wrinkle. You know, He's certainly not James Devlin. He's probably even a step below Jakob Johnson, but he's doing the job. He's he's leading the way and he's opening holes for these running backs, and that's really what you're asking for out of that position. So uh, it's been a nifty little development. It's just another stroke of creative genius from Belichick yep. and McDaniel's, and it's been a fun narrative. It really has been, and I, I love the fact that that you know when when everybody is is the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Bill finds something like this to just pick it up. How how good does Sony Michelle look when he's running behind a uh, a fullback? I mean, that really helps. I think the cold helps him, too. Because you saw yeah. him pinballing off Bill's defenders. And this is another thing. I always kind of thought that this was an overtalk narrative. And then, you know, I got down here, I got in the locker room, I got to talk to players, and I found out it's very true. It's harder to hit somebody in the cold. Really Juwan is. Williams described it best to me because I, I asked him about it, and he said, here's what you do to figure out what it's like to tackle somebody below freezing. Go find the biggest, thickest brick wall you can and run as hard as you can into it. So when that brick wall is Sony Michelle and, mm-hmm. and the temperature gets down in the 30s and the 20s in Foxborough, it's going to help him. We saw it last year. We saw it this year. I don't want this to be like, oh, they only drafted a running back who can run in the cold. That's not what I'm saying. It's just the cold is a friend to the power running game, and Sony is a power running back. So, uh, you know, the fullback certainly helps. The cold certainly helps. And he's a closer in every sense of the word. He's a guy who can close out games, and he's a guy who can help you close out your season. And the way the Patriots are built, that's really what you need from that spot. That's really what you need from the running back position. So the fullback has helped. I think the weather's helped him a lot, too. And I think he's just, you know, the offensive line's healthy, and they have rhythm now, and he's just getting more comfortable. Do you think that's also um, a, a, a big help for for Rex Burkhead? And uh, I, I I understand he did. He had an amazing game on on Saturday. Is yeah, I, you I, were a little I, too harsh on him there in the open. Yeah, I, I, go ahead. I'll, let me have it. Sit in for Steve. Let me have it. <laughs> so what I like, and this is what I always do with Evan when I disagree with him, is I like to go, well, well, what what would happen if we asked Bill and. How often do we see a Patriots player fumble and then they're wiped off the face of the earth? You never see him again. Rex Burkhead fumbled pretty badly, right? It was a chase down punch out, fumbled yep. pretty badly early in the game, and he Pathetic. was still a focal point of the game plan. That tells you what Bill Belichick thinks of both that play and of what, what he thinks of Rex, Bur- Rex Burkhead as a player. If that's Sony Michelle, I don't know that we see him in that game again. So, True. Like that tells you what Rex Burkhead means to this team, that he fumbled in the way he did when he did in the game, and he was still the Patriots' leading receiver. Bill Belichick went back to him over and over and over. That's not – I was surprised. 
when he fumbled, I thought, all right, no more wrecks today, whatever. You know, that's it. Contract's up at the end of the year. This might be it for him. And they just went back to him. And that's a huge testament to what they think of him and what he means to this offense and this team because they don't do that. You make a mistake, right. you're wiped off the face of the earth. Jacoby Myers dropped two passes, and we I have to check the roster before every game to make sure he's still on the team. You don't see him. <laughs> so I, I think, yes, it was a bad fumble. It, it really was, and you could see it coming from a mile away. Yep. He's got to put two hands on the ball there. But you look at I, I think he made up for it. And it's rare that you can have a turnover like that and say the player made up for it. Uh, he made up for it. You wanted, I mean, if you want somebody to gripe at on the offense, it's Muhammad Sanu. He cost him seven points. Right. Uh, Drop passes, running short of the sticks, failing to set that block on the end around. That's the guy I would save your anger for. I, Rex Burgett, again, bad fumble, but I, I think he made up for it. As solid technically as he's been in his, what is it now, three years in New England, he's allowed one mental mistake like that. I think he has earned that right and forgiveness for that. Are, are we are we going to give him the full three years, or do we have to take off time for that he, that he's spent in the tub? I mean that, that that is that is fair. He certainly is not the most available player. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's fair. It's three yeah. years under contract. We'll call it that. Three years under contract. I'll buy that. But I mean, I, I, the only person that has spent more time in a tub in this in this entire the history of this this franchise is um, uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to freeze on a name. Uh, it, so not, moving not, on, not, moving on. What was it? Was it a belief? Say Ty Law, were you? No, <laughs> I was not okay. going to say Ty Law. <laughs> Somebody said that to me the other day. Ty Law is always hurt, and I was like, "Yeah, the last two years." Yeah. Um, and look, I'll give this to Burkhead too. He's been fine. He's been, you know, knock on wood. He, right. I think he had one issue early in the season. Might have held him out mm-hmm. for a game, but he's been pretty healthy this year. He's been good to go this year. He has. He's been pretty healthy so. this year, and and I you really can't get on him too much for it. But in the past, he it's it's really been you know there's 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 a tub with his name on it right now. Yes, in in, in the trainer's room, and and it happens. But it, was it a belief in Burkhead, or, or is it a lack of options in the fact that Bill just wants to piss me off and not play Brandon Bolden? No, it's belief in Burkhead because they have James okay. White, and they could they could have easily used James White in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, Bolden, I think they want to use him in spots. I, and I know how you feel about Brandon Bolden. I think he's a good player. I would like to see him a little more in the offense. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's a guy. I'm just asking inside the 10. Offense snaps the game too. No, yep, I, I mean, this is an educated guess. I have no inside information, but I, I would think that if, if they really wanted to sit Rex down, they could have been just gone with James White and Sony Michelle and then use Brandon Bolden in spots, but they went right back to Rex. They did. And he's, James White's one of the best pass-catching running backs in the league. So, it you know, it would have been easy to sit him. It definitely yep. would have been easy to sit him. It, it would have been. And, and the the name just hit me. It's a keep to leap. I, I, it's terrible. I don't know. Yeah, he was, he, he was, he was hurt, hurt a lot. Man. He was hurt a lot. He was hurt. And when people look at his game. But, Murph, look, he, he played in 15 games. Yeah, but he sat out half of each each of those games. But he sat it out. I don't know. know. I think you could, you could have better injury examples. Do you remember Jonathan Wilhite? I think he oh. spent two years on IR. I don't think he ever played a game. For he never played a game. He he played th- three downs, I think, in his entire his entire career here. Yeah, that's that's true. I just I just remember going <laughs> to training camp with my dad, and oh look, Jonathan Wilhite's in a non-contact jersey again this year, like every single year. God, I think it was tattooed to his body. I I, re- I don't think it was a jersey. It was just tattooed to him. And um, it's unreal. Another person that they they went back to and and believed in this week was even though it's not showing up in the box score, he had a fantastic game, and that's young Nikhil Harry. I said two weeks ago that the explosion is about to happen, and it really has. Even though he didn't get into the end zone, he only had 21 yards on on two catches over uh, you know on the day but he was out there and he was out there constantly and he was a huge factor in this game talk about Nikhil yeah the biggest factor he had was he drew Tredavious White in coverage which is mm-hmm. a huge sign of respect from the Buffalo Bills and that opened Edelman up of course and this is where so the emergence of Nikhil Harry to me this is where it's time to bring Philip Dorsett back into the offense because the there reason Philip Dorsett dropped off this year it's the same thing that happened to Chris Hogan last year, the same, same exact thing. Chris Hogan was really good as a number three receiver. 
when yep. he's one-on-one coverage up against the third corner, up against the safety, he's going to win enough that he's going to be a viable part of the offense. There's a huge difference between being the number two and number three receiver in the offense. Thank you. You go up to number two, you're always working against a corner. Sometimes you're going to have the number one corner. You might get doubled. They might give you help over the top. And Chris Hogan just wasn't at that level. He's great number three. is not number two. I think Philip Dorsett's the same thing. Early in the season, he was pressed into being a number two, and that's where he disappeared. You have Nikhil Harry now, who is a legitimate number two. He is going to draw a guy like Tredavious White in coverage. When you have that, I love Jacoby Myers. I think he's been great. He's still a developing project. When you get in the playoffs, right. give, give me somebody who's been there. I want to see Philip Dorsett back out there as the number three with Edelman, Nikhil Harry, and that is where I think he can become just like Chris Hogan did. Remember, it, all of a sudden it was the playoff, and he yep. forgot to cover Chris Hogan. I think Philip Dorsett could have that impact. Now, I know you asked me about Nikhil Harry specifically. They're just they're using him right. They flip the switch. They're using him right. End around, screen, slants, getting him the ball in space, not forcing yep. him to create his separation, using the scheme to create separation for him. This is why they drafted him in the first round. It's beautiful to see. It's encouraging, all of that. And now they have a legitimate number two next to Edelman, and that, that is so huge. That is going to open everything up. I said it after the Houston game. The one thing holding up the Patriots' offense was they didn't have a number two. They had Julian Edelman as a number one, and then Jacoby Myers and Philip Dorsett were fine number threes. But between Nikhil Harry and Mohamed Sanu, one of those guys had to step up and be a true number two option for this offense to click at a playoff level. I actually thought it would be Sanu. Couldn't have been more wrong. Love that it's been Nikhil Harry, and they have that number two now. And you roll with this and, and see where you go with that. But his emergence changes everything on the offensive side of the ball. It really does. And I would I would definitely like to see um, Dorsett getting more snaps going forward. I, I thought it was it was a pivotal move to bring him back this year. Uh, it was kind of up in the air as to whether or not he was going to. And Bill told him that he was going to be a bigger part of the offense. And he did not see the field at all on Sunday while Mohamed Sanu was. And and, and just, you know, it, you, you can look at it, you know, three catches on five targets, but they were terrible catches. They They really were. He wasn't where he was supposed to be. He's not a guy that moves the sticks. And and Dorsett, while he doesn't get you the yards after the catch that you would you would normally like, as the number three, he does he can move those sticks. He is the guy that's going to find an open spot in the end zone and get you that touchdown. And and I really would like to see a lot more of that. Something we saw a and little bit funny. more. Yeah, no, go ahead. We got time. Yeah, no, it's it's funny with Sanu because the biggest thing for me is he's constantly running short of the sticks. And you can talk about the drops, you can talk about the blown block, but the killer for me is third down, fourth down, he's constantly one yard short of where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. And I talked to some people in Atlanta, and I was like, what's going on with this? And that was his biggest strength. They said he was always so good at getting right to the sticks and getting to the spot and picking up the first down, so I don't know what it is. He has maybe the ability the to do it. But maybe <laughs> it's the cold, maybe it's the new offense, whatever. It's It's – you can set your watch to it just every single time. He's a yard short of where mm-hmm. he needs to be. And you look at, I mean, you take four routes and you change them, and the Patriots might only have one loss right now. Oh. So oh, it's, I mean, it's been tough, and they gave up a, a high pick for the guy. He's supremely talented. I don't want he to really necessarily is. write him off. And they have him under contract next year, and maybe he gets into training camp and he, he puts up a monster season next season. I'm not ruling that out, but no. he's got to figure it out now to help them win this season. Because we don't know what this season. We don't know who's going to be throwing him the ball next season, and that's another no. conversation. That, for God, day. dude, let, let's not get. I've got my article. No, I, I, I don't want to. I don't oh want to God. have yeah. that conversation. But my point being, the reason I think they traded for him over Emmanuel Sanders is they like the idea of having another year of team control, right? And having him that's, under control the next year. And that's all well and good. And at the time, that's absolutely the right decision. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. they picked the wrong guy. But so he's got to figure out some way to help him in the here and now. It really there, does. Next and, year doesn't and matter. Sanders is another guy that just loves the tub too much and is, is hurt too often. And, and you, you hit it right Meanwhile, on the head that, that second hang on, year. You, you say that about Sanders. You, you want a great stat? Yeah. If, uh, if he plays on Sunday, 
He is, I got to remember the number off the top of my head, I think it's 18th player in NFL history to play 17 games in a season. Ooh. Wow. He was traded before, he was traded from a team before their bye. Before the bye. After their bye. It actually, wow. I forget who it was. It happened last year. It hadn't mm-hmm. happened before that for about a decade. It's a rare thing. But Emmanuel Sanders has a chance to play 17 games this year. You don't see that a lot. You don't. Wow. So How's that work what you want to say about his availability, uh, I actually don't know. That's a good question. It's got to help with the roster bonuses. But he's, right. uh, he's, he's going to play more games this year than anybody in the NFL. Well, you know, fun little stat for you. De, you know, depending on on playoffs, and right now, I'm I'm not too sure about the 49ers once the playoffs roll around. I, you, you can't I give mean, up. You can't give up. You know, games that in the last two minutes the way they have. It's just you know, where, where's the defense? Garoppolo, building... Garoppolo, forget the defense. Garoppolo has more turnovers single handedly than three NFL teams. Yep. Thank you I, very that, much. That, 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 but there you go, Mike Giardi. You can get on my case. <laughs> but, but Emmanuel Sanders is playing 17 games, so that's cool. And, by the way, one Patriots place, you heard that stat before it got to Twitter. That's why you listen to Mark. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's why you, you all tune, tune in here for me and Steve. And, and it, it, it's all you guys. It's the guests, the fact that you guys come out. We're, we're, we're talking to Alex Barth at CLINS. And um, and it's always a joy. One one thing that we we saw a lot of this week that we hadn't in the past was: Did you know that we had tight ends on this team? Because you know the yeah. tight end situation yeah, was Matt the Lacoste worst in the NFL and still is. But I mean, Watson ma- made some some nice catches. It's you know not a lot of yards, but he moved the sticks. Lacoste was getting open, and and it, that just goes back to having a, a player like Harry and uh, like Edelman on the field and, and what they can open up for everybody else. What did you think of the, um, the efforts by, by our two tight ends this week? Well, I, I think if you're throwing jump balls to Matt Lacoste in the end zone and he's catching them, it's going to be that I kind of said right there, they're going to be fine today. Gonna be that a good was day. A good sign, but yeah, no, I mean, you, you, you hit it on the head. It all goes back to what I said earlier about Nikhil Harry and the second receiver and everybody just goes down a rung on the coverage. And that's what those guys are here to do. Ben Watts and Matt Lacoste are not here to replace Rob Gronkowski's production. Nikhil Harry's no. here to do that. Right. Uh, they're here for, you know, third, third down in red zone to draw a linebacker in a mismatch, to draw a safety in a mismatch, find a spot five to seven yards down the field, and just give Brady a window to throw the ball. That's exactly what Ben Watson did in his third down in the red zone. Matt Lacoste touched out. I mean, Brady created that window. That was a beautiful throw. But to go up and get that ball, I mean, that's not easy. There are, there are not, not a lot of tight ends in the league who can make that play. No. They can make it consistently. But, you know, that was a nice little surprise. And, yeah, if they give you that, again, if you're expecting Rob Gronkowski's numbers from these guys, you're going to be disappointed. I can't help you. But right. if you can get the performance you got out of them, and I thought Lacoste looked better in the running game. He's still not great, but I thought he looked better. And the Bills have some good edge players, so it's not for nothing. If they can give you that effort, you're going to be all right. You're, you're going to stand a fighting chance offensively. That's kind of what it was. The offense was, just, the offense was struggling because there were too many guys who weren't giving you what their, what their floor should be. It wasn't that they weren't hitting the ceiling. It was that they weren't hitting the floor. Thank you. And now, now they're at least hitting the floor, and you see that when everybody's playing at their base level, what they can be, and they're going to grow before the playoffs, you just have to count on that because that's what they've done here for 19 years is that bye week has been so crucial to take everything to another level. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what the tight ends, what they can give in the playoffs. But uh, I, I, would, uh, I would say I'm cautiously optimistic after what I saw them do against the Bills. Cautiously optimistic. That's it. And I just, you, you, you've, you've got to be that way going in after, you know, what was probably – this really has to be the most – scrutinized 12 and three team that I have seen in NFL history right now. And it's just, it's God, man, I really, I don't have an issue with them facing anybody in the playoffs. And that includes the, um, that includes uh, Baltimore. I think uh, what happened. No, go ahead, bud. So here's the glass half full side of kind of the 12 and three point. Mm-hmm. For all all the, the lackluster offense performances the Patriots have put together, right, 
you think about the Eagles game, you think about yep. uh, the, the Chiefs game, all that. They're lo- they've been held under 300 yards five times. Their lowest offensive output in terms of yards actually was in week four against Buffalo when the offense was clicking. Buffalo held them to 224 yards. Right. The next worst performance is 278. So they have four performances between 290 and 270, and then one at 224. So to have that performance against the Bills in week four when the offense was clicking and then come out later in the season when the offense is struggling and put up their performance they did, that's where you look at and say, yeah, they've struggled, but they, they still have it. And to me, that was huge. You want to talk about Baltimore. Remember, the whole narrative after the Baltimore game, the whole entire narrative was that this had to happen. The Patriots had to get beat by the Ravens because nobody beats Belichick twice in a season, and they had to see it, and now they know. And I think some of that is true. I think some of that was Patriots fans just trying to, you know, put on a happy face on a brutal loss. But yep. to see the way they turned it around against the Bills, and I'm not going to count the Jets because the Jets are bad, that was our first example of them playing a quality team twice in a season. And the Jets are 5-2 in their last seven, though. <laughs> I don't care. They weren't. They, 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 the Patriots, they played a good team a second time. They learned lessons from the first time, and they flipped it. Right. So that's what we're waiting for, right? That's what we're all hoping happens against Baltimore, because that's the only way they beat Baltimore, is they have to change everything. Everything. So to see they did it against the Bills, and that's a good Bills team. We might get a three match in the playoffs. I'm not convinced yep. we won't. Yeah, that scares the hell out so of me. To, to see does. how they turn that around is wildly encouraging for me for what they can do against Houston if they play him again, what they can do against the Chiefs if they play him again, and, of course, what they can do against Baltimore if they play him again. That's it. That's it. Um, I, I, I would be remiss if, if I didn't give uh, a shout-out here today um, to one Marshall Newhouse. Um, I got on him quite a bit. The um, the uh, the offense sputtered a little bit when when he first came in because you know the, that's that's what's happened. And but when Edelman got back on the field, things seemed to start clicking again. And Newhouse actually had a pretty decent second half on Saturday. Uh, what's the word on Marcus Cannon right now? And um, can we depend on Newhouse over there on the right-hand side uh, a little more than, than he was able to, to handle things on the left? I think he can. Yeah, that's a good observation. We've had no update on Cannon since the game. We'll go in. I mean, it's probably going to release after locker room availability, so this will be old news. But we'll see if he's in the locker room. If he talks today would be the first time we'll have, uh, we'll have heard from him. So the 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 prognostication after the game was it should be minor. I wouldn't be surprised if they rest him against Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he'll be fine for the playoffs. The question is if he plays against Miami. But Newhouse against Miami will hold up. The difference is the way the Patriots run their scheme. Their left tackles need to be more agile. Out and in space. They put them in space. Right. Yep. They put them in space. You have, you have to have good footwork. That's why Trent Brown, frankly, was so unbelievable last year. Because a right. guy that big isn't supposed to move as well as he did. The Patriots' left tackles aren't generally these big, hulking guys. That's generally more the right tackle. Right tackle on the Patriots, you just want a people mover. You want a big, burly guy who isn't going to get pushed off his spot. That's Marshall Newhouse's game. That's mm-hmm. who he was back when he was actually, you know, not, not upper echelon, but he was top half of the league in, in, in tackles back when he was playing right tackle. So I don't necessarily know if I want to see him in the playoffs. Cannon's still obviously much better. It's a downgrade. Right. It is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's a downgrade. But if they want to give Cannon the extra week off and Newhouse has to play against Miami at right tackle, they're going to be okay. They're going to be fine. It's, it's a much better spot for him. Putting him at um, left tackle was a force. They just had nobody else who could do it. And I think it basically came down to him or Corey Cunningham, and he somehow won the job. But he'll he'll hold his own at right tackle. He'll be fine. It's a better fit for him. It it, it really is. It really is. Uh, how do you, how do you feel about Isaiah Wynn right now? Is is he learning? Is he moving forward? Are you getting more comfortable with him over there on the left side? So my rule of thumb with linemen is, if I don't hear their name, things are probably going okay. Yep. And I don't think I've talked about Isaiah Wynn in about three weeks. So. 
Um, you know, he's certainly mm-hmm. not playing probably, you know, that's I know it's kind of a lazy take, and if you want the the, the finite, you know, play by play what he's doing right technically, you know who to call. But um no, he's been <laughs> I mean, he's he's fitting right in. He's fitting right in, he's doing his job. You know, he's not playing at like a Joe Thomas level, obviously. He's not suddenly the best left tackle in the league, but right. again, do you do you remember hearing his name in the last two no. or three weeks, whether it be nope. getting beat for a sack or called for a penalty or anything like that? The, the, the general rule of thumb, again, Evan, Evan kills me for this take because he says it's not this simple. I know it's not this simple, but this is just the easy way to say it. If you don't hear his name, he's playing pretty well. And we haven't heard Isaiah Wynn's name in a while. so No. We we haven't. And um, somebody's name that we haven't heard all year long is Damian Harris. Um, it, it, there's, there's, like, absolutely no chance that he's going to see the field this year, is there? Uh, he actually might play week 17 if they want to rest James White. And he was he did see the field in one game. Yeah. I think it was actually the first game against Miami. Here's the thing with, with Damian. And I'm a big Damian Harris guy. Loved him in Alabama. Me too. I said his freshman year at Alabama, I said if Bill Belichick ever gets his hands on this kid, look out. Because he is one of the most well-rounded running backs I've seen. Did you really? I did. Bra- they drafted Bravo. Sony Michelle. I, they, I, they drafted Sony Michelle. I thought that dream was out the window. And then it wasn't. But here's the thing. Outside of the two first-round picks in Sony Michelle and Lawrence Maroney, rookie running backs do not touch the ball in Bill Belichick's offense. First off, they he really barely don't. brings in rookie running backs. If you include fullbacks, he's had 16 in 19 years. 16 with the Patriots in 19 years. Mm-hmm. Only two in the first round. Outside of them, they both had, you know, a number of touches. Shane, uh, uh, Stephen Ridley is a rookie, had about 100 touches. Uh, pardon me, had about 300 touches, but there were a lot of injuries that year. Outside of that, these guys don't see the field. James White had 14 touches his rookie year. I think he turned out okay despite essentially not playing his rookie year. I think he turned right. out fine. With Bill Belichick, what it is, he doesn't care if you can make guys miss, you know, if, if you're a, an electric receiver. What he wants out of his running backs more than anything else is job security. Don't fumble the ball and don't, don't take stupid negative plays trying to make something yep. out of nothing. That's what he wants. And that's something you have to learn because they don't really coach that way in college. So, and this is why you want to get back to Sony Michelle versus Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb was certainly a more explosive player, but he had fumble issues, and he right. took a lot of negative plays. He made a, ba- a lot of bad decisions. Sony didn't fumble in college, and he rarely got tackled for a loss. Bill Belichick doesn't care about the upside of running backs. He just wants guys who are reliable, and I think there's something to that. So yep. to get back to your point, Damien Harris, Damien Harris is essentially going through the gauntlet this year of learning how to be a Patriots running back. Don't fumble. Don't take negative plays. Learn how to block. I don't think it's unrealistic to expect him to play a big role next year. Look at what James White did. You have Rex Burkhead's contract is going to be up at the end of the year. Maybe yep. they bring him back, maybe they don't, but that would be a perfect role for Damian Harris. There goes my, my follow-up. Well. Yep. He can play it, special teams as well. So I think that this is a redshirt year for Damian Harris. It is far from a bust of a pick. Maybe, look, maybe he'll suck in the NFL. Maybe he will, and I'm wrong, and that's fine. But – you, if you want to say, oh, they didn't put him on the field his rookie year, therefore he's a shitty NFL player, you mm-hmm. are calling James White a shitty NFL player. So if right. you want to do that, fine, but you sound like an idiot. So there just be patient with Damian Harris. We'll revisit it again next July. It was a good pick. He was the best player on the board at the time. He's an excellent fit for what they do, which I think is huge when you grade draft picks. How well do they fit your system? Not just are they talented, but are, do their skills align with what you're trying to do as a football team. So let's wait till next year for Damian Harris. We might see him Sunday. I actually wouldn't be surprised if we see him Sunday, and that'll be a nice little barometer. But Mm -hmm. he is a 2020 talking point. He's not going to play this year. It is what it is. Move on. That's it. It, People need to realize that that in no other place does a GM draft for the following year. Right. Anywhere the way the Patriots do here. Um, I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. People keep talking about wasted draft picks. But look at the people that are in front of these people and then look at the contracts and when they're up. And that's going to give you a really good indication of how Bill is going to attack a draft. 
Um, he's done it time and again. This is supposed to be Isaiah Wynn's sophomore season. He wasn't supposed to, you know, um, he, he wasn't supposed to be thrown into the fire the way he, he has been. Uh, I granted with the injuries and everything, there was supposed to be somebody in front of him that he was studying under last year that wasn't able to happen with the injury that he had. And I still think he, that, you know, Bill should have franchised junior and, and brought him back instead of spending money on AB and everybody else. But what are you going to do about that? But th that that's the way Bill, Bill attacks the draft. It's looking to fill holes down the road, not exact, not necessarily filling a hole for this year, he can do that with a with a cheap free agent. He can bring a free agent in to do that for for this year, and I'm pretty sure that that that's what he's he's continuing to do with guys like uh like Harris. It's just I'm with you, man. I I I loved him at Alabama, and I'm just itching to see him on the field. And I hope we're right. The let, let, let's whip yeah, it out. I, wait, real, real quick, if I can just add on to something you said. Oh yeah, I think it's important that Patriots fans use because it goes along with Juwan Williams too. I, I'm going to throw him in this now. And everybody's saying, Good point. oh, they, they picked Juwan Williams in the second round. Why can't he see the field playing? Like, people are – I feel like there's so many fans who see playing rookies as this necessity and this good yeah. thing. Oh, we have a rookie who's on the field. That is good. Having a rookie who is NFL ready is good. Right. But those are few and far between. They those really are. Those are very few and far between. What you want to do with the rookie is let him sit for a year or two and learn. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with Juwan Williams not getting on the field if there's better players in front of him. You know, would be, you know what's worse? You know what's worse than Juwan Williams not getting on the field because there's better players in front of him? Juwan Williams having to play when he's not ready and right. when he's not good enough. Because one, he's going to suck, and he's going to cost you. And I'm not saying that Juwan Williams would suck if he was put into action, but hypothetically here, if he's not ready, he's not going to play well. He's going to cost you games. It can also demoralize a player and totally throw their career off the rails. Right. Look at a guy like Josh Rosen. Right? Oh. Josh Rosen's career is basically over. He's not oh a bad player. He no. just kept getting forced into awful situations. You want a Patriots example here? Look at Nikhil Harry, where they were with him two or three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And everybody talking about, well, why do we have to rely on a rookie wide receiver? This kid's not ready. Brady doesn't have weapons. Now he's turned it around. But, mm -hmm. you know, if Juwan Williams is playing, we're having that same conversation at corner. Why do we, we have are. to rely on a rookie corner? No. There's nothing wrong with Juwan Williams not playing no. this year. There's nothing wrong with it because the guys above him are better than him. It's right. called building depth. It's called building a future. Everybody needs to stop with why isn't Juwan Williams on the field? Why isn't Damian Harris on the field? Bad draft picks. Nah, 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 nah. It's called the future. Look it up. It's, I, 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 it is the most – if this not is... for Antonio Brown, would be the most tiring narrative from the Patriots season this year. Juwan Williams was an excellent draft pick. The way yep. the kid projects to an NFL frame and his skill set, once he learns, he's going to be a hell of a player. Same That's for it. Damian Harris. But there's better players in front of them right now. That's not a problem. That's, That's not some negative thing. No. Right? Would you rather be a team like, uh, I don't know, the Kansas City Chiefs, who's struggling to put three NFL corners out there on the field so they right. have to throw a rookie out there? And, like, maybe he would have been a superstar rookie. Who knows? Why risk it? Why risk finding out? They'll that's have him it. next year. That's that's everybody needs to relax. With Jason McCourty will be gone soon. You know whether it's next after this season or after next yeah. season. You know the, these holes will be filled by people that can come in here and know the system and know where they're supposed to be. And this is what the talking heads that that so many people listen to every single day just don't get. And either they don't get or, or they think you folks out there don't get. They think you well, don't you know understand. I think, I think some people don't understand it because you see across the league and you see all you see like a Terry McLaurin or you see a Jair Alexander in Green Bay. And you yep. think, why can't the Patriots do that? Why can't they have a rookie who's showing out? They don't it's, have to. It's, right, they don't, they're, they're, it's a luxury that they can sit their rookies. It would right. be super cool if they had, like, if if Juwan Williams was in the running for defensive rookie of the year, or Damian Harris was in the running for offensive rookie of the year, would that be cool? Would that be a lot of fun? Absolutely. But that's the last-ditch resort. The Patriots yep. are in a situation. They're very lucky. They're the only. They're one of the few teams that pretty much across the board, except for a wide receiver, which is why they drafted in the first round, I would right. say first-round picks are the exception to this rant. Unless it's a quarterback, if you draft the guy in the first round, 
he's NFL ready. You're drafting him to play. But right. for the most but part, when you're ta- after somebody, that, right after that first right. round, and I would even I would even talk about the the top third of a draft in the first round. That you you know yes. you can't expect them to come in there and make it unless somebody falls. You know, I mean, really, really falls. For some reason, you right. know, they, they got no, caught I mean, smoking weed on draft day. And, you know, oh, if, my if, God. If, if you want to talk about, uh, like, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, one of those guys. Right. If they're not seeing the field their rookie year, that's a problem. But That's a problem. Yeah, when you get further in the draft, it's developmental. Rookies having to play. Rookies not having to play is a luxury the Patriots have. They can get these guys ready before they actually see valuable game reps. Chase Winovich will shine when Donta Hightower is gone or Jamie Chase Collins is, played, is so, gone. Chase actually played a good amount this year. And, and so Chase yeah. is the perfect example of the balance, right? The Patriots are so far to one side where these guys don't have to see the field at all. At Chase all. is the, the perfect balance where he has a limited role and he's getting NFL snaps, Yep. but he's not he's not like a key cog, no. you know? So. No. He's kind I mean, of that people perfect under, in People that, need to understand that he, as as amazing as he's looked when he's out there, he would not look that good if he was out there all the time. It's Bill right, putting him in right. the right position to succeed, which is what he's done time and again with every single player that's come through here. He puts them in the right positions to succeed, and that's why you see that blonde hair frying back there, and you're saying, why isn't he on the field anymore? Why isn't he? Because he's not ready to. He can't handle right. everything. And, and he's out there doing what he can do at a very high level right now. And like you said, you know, John Simon's contract's going to expire eventually, mm-hmm. and then he'll slide into that role. That's how they plan it out. That's it. That's the, that's the way that this team that, – that's the way dynasties are built – the fact that you do not draft for this year, you draft for next year and the year after. You're filling those holes. The uh, the the unexpected hole that comes up this season, that's what you that's why you see a revolving door of of um of wide receivers and and um and and the like coming through here because you're you're going to plug a hole with a veteran that you hope can come in here and contribute and just learn this phase and, and get you through the year or get you through those 12 snaps or whatever Bill wants to use it, which is true. Bill, Bill has people on this, on this roster that are only going to, you know, play six or eight snaps a week. And, and, but those six or eight snaps, they, they're able to do what they're able to do. Um, But I, I was really impressed with this defense. Uh, this week, it, it yep. was it was definitely boogeymen on on uh, God, man, I I, I want to say cocaine, but no, we all know that that's not the truth. But the boogeymen were on 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 point all day long. It, 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 boogeymen embracing the holiday spirit. There you go. Thank you very much, God. That's why I hang out with the smart kids, people. That's why I sit at their table at lunch, and and it really was. What what did you see from these guys that that were able to contain this this run game that the Bills put out there because it is a really good run game. I think that I mean it's a lot. It's just everybody up front's playing so well right now. I think Danny Danny Shelton. I don't necessarily want to call him a Pro Bowl snub. Yeah, go ahead. At, I will. He's played at he's played at such at such a high level this year, and the it's not necessarily the numbers because mm-hmm. that's we all remember this with Vince Wilfork. Vince Wilfork never put up the big numbers. But that's what that—that's not what that position's about in the Patriots' right. offense, right? She's kind of getting in the way. So, I mean, Danny Sheldon's been great. Lawrence Guy is what he is. I, I don't think he needs any explaining. And then, the as much of a jump as Danny Shelton has taken, and he has been totally—I mean, Danny Shelton year two has just been amazing to watch. But as big of a jump as he's taken, you could argue Adam Butler has taken as big or not bigger of a jump. Adam Butler, when they brought him in as a UDFA in his first couple years here, was oh, this is neat. You know, yep. here's a big defensive tackle who can rush the passer. Here is a situational pass rush defensive tackle. There aren't many guys like that. This is a nice little piece for Belichick to have. But this mm-hmm. year, all of a sudden, he comes out, and he's it's a three-down player. And he's oh stopping my. the run, and he's chasing down running backs. And when you put – those are the three that give me hope for the Patriots to stop the Ravens. You put those three down there yep, on the line of scrimmage, and – I mean, it's on. They they go to work. They're artists down there, and the, they play so well together. And the way they scheme it off stunts and twists, and the way their skill sets complement one another, 
those three guys have been just awesome to watch this year. So they really have. I mean, how they stop how they stop the run? Same way they've done it all year. Danny Shelton and Adam Butler got a lot better over over the summer. Danny Shelton. I want to know what Adam Butler did, but we know Danny Shelton. He, you know, the thing with him chopping down trees, right? Yep, that was great. And that, go that, ahead, that, tell that, the story. Got to his workout regiment, which is, I mean, he just he bought a new house in the off season and he started chopping down trees as part of his yeah. workout regimen. It worked. He lost twenty pounds, and you can see it, he's quicker, but he didn't lose any bulk. He somehow no. lost twenty pounds, but didn't lose any bulk. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's those three guys, and then obviously the linebackers have been great, but. Everything everything was met against the Bills in the run. Everything was mm-hmm. met at the point of attack. You didn't have running backs breaking clean into the second level because those three guys, just like they have been, especially in the second half of the season, I think that Baltimore game was just a huge, huge learning opportunity for them because they've been so good in the second half. So that's going to be crucial when you get to the playoffs too. I know you're, fa- you're probably going to face a couple of big pass teams in Houston or Kansas City, but being able to take away the run, and forcing teams into the pass, and then you can get that smaller unit on the field and get those extra defensive backs out because that's where the real strength lies is the depth of the yep. defensive backfield, the corner and safety. That that's and the that's versatility. What the whole thing. You know, that's the, the depth and versatility right there is 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 yep. what this this defense is all about. And uh, I hate to do it because he's he's one of my favorite players. Somebody who did not have a real good game on Saturday was Patrick Chung. Um, he, is is his health a concern for you right now? Yeah, I I think so. He's just he's not playing with as much strength as we're used to seeing from him. Yep. You, like, you never you would never see players breaking tackles, and he's he's given up a couple of those. And I yeah, I think he just has to get healthy. He's had so many different injury concerns this year. Uh, he was one of those guys who got sick. He had an ankle injury. I think he had a yep. hip injury. Um, this is again why the buy is so important. You know, we can talk about it on offense, and it's certainly true on offense, but Patrick Chung, chief among them, they got to get healthy on defense, too. And they really they're do. a different defense when he's healthy. So When when he and Devin McCourty are both out there, and, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's the best tandem in the league, and it just seems like Patrick has not been fully out there all year. And it is, it is injuries, folks. It, it is him being banged up. And Deron Harmon just cannot come in and do what, what Patrick Chung does. He, he just can't do it. He can't. But you know who has helped? And he's not totally doing what Chung does, but he's been a nice stopgap. It's Terrence okay. Brooks. Yeah. He hasn't played a lot of defense this year. He's more nope. a special teams player. But they've given him opportunities and. He's held his own again, not Chung. In some pretty Chung big spots. There, yeah, no, they they've thrown him out. They clearly trust him. They put him out there with chance to make plays. And again, you haven't heard his name much. I, I said same with corners, just like offensive linemen. If you haven't heard their name a lot, it's probably a good thing. And um, you know, you haven't heard Terrence Brooks' name much on defense. Some of it's because he's not out there, obviously. But when he's been on the field, he's been technically solid. He's not a guy that's going to go out of his way and make a play he's not quite at that level but if the play comes to him he will make it and that's what you want in a second string that's what you want to back up a guy who can hold his own hold down the fort and i'd like to see a lot of him on sunday i i think you talk about rest versus rust and giving guys the extra week off patrick chung's one of those guys where they they should be able to beat miami without him he shouldn't be the difference you certainly hope he's not um i'd like to see a lot of terrence brooks on sunday both to give chung the rest and Let's see what Terrence Brooks can do as an option if in the playoffs you have to manage how much Chung can play. Yeah. So many times, um, yeah, I'm gonna, one more question, I'm going to let you get out of here. I know you got yep. things to do. Um, so often the, the, Miami comes up here and they're, they, they never take their, their gear off the, off the bus. They, they'd be happy if their stuff was stuck in Newark and it never got to the stadium. Um, I, I don't see that happening with flow this year. Um, are so, they going to bring their a game or how, how on their toes are, are the, the Patriots that aren't being rested going to have to be on Sunday? I was going to be a real game. It Morris is, is coming a hundred percent. You know, he's not, he's not going to lie down and Patriots. I'll, I'll say this too. Patriots aren't signing Steven Jackson for this one. <laughs> I think the guys who play, I mean, there's yep. a week off on the line. It's a playoff. I don't think anybody's getting fully rested. I think Brady's no. going to play. I think mm-hmm. Edelman's going to play. The, the ideal situation for the Patriots is they get up big and they can rest everybody in the second half. But, you know, I, I'll, again, I'll go back to the Steven Jackson game. 
And, you know, you can go back to uh, – there's a handful of games set up in Dynasty like this week, 17 games where it felt like they had everything all locked up. They controlled their own destiny for the bye. They didn't take the game seriously. And suddenly losing the bye, losing home field advantage, whatever it is, it cost them. So yep. I would say this is sort of the same case where you got to take this one seriously, not just because it's Brian Flores and Miami's been a plucky team. They've, they've won some impressive games this year. They've been in some impressive games this year. Flores has done a great job down there. You, you he need really to has. That bye. They need it badly. Now, if, if Kansas City had lost last uh, uh, the other night, I think Patriots hit everybody. The Dolphins win this game going away. Patriots totally take this as a week off, locked up the two, and they focus on the playoffs. But they need that win. They desperately they need that win. So, no, this is going to be at least for a half. We'll see what it looks like at halftime. For a half, this will be a real football game. Alex, thank you so much for being here. Before you take off, please tell everybody where they can follow you on social media and where they can uh, watch you guys on, on YouTube and, and check out some writing and everything. Yep, uh, at Real Alex Barth on Twitter, uh, and then all the past content, clnsmedia.com, at Patriot CLNS. Fantastic, buddy. Thank you so much, so much. I want to wish you and yours a very happy holiday season, and we will talk Thank again you. real soon, bud. Thanks for taking the time. You too, anytime. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. Alex Barth, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Alex is fantastic, man. He's just great. I want to thank you all for being here this week. I want to wish everybody out there a very, very happy Hanukkah, a very, very Merry Christmas, uh, a, a wonderful Kwanzaa, if that's the way that you, you celebrate the holiday season. However you celebrate the holidays, we here at One Patriots Place, Steve and I, want to wish you the best. And uh, that's it for me. We will be back on Friday with a, a uh, an abbreviated uh Second show of the week. Steve and I just love doing these, and uh, we will give you our uh, our razors. Steve will give you his razors edges. I will give you the keys to the game. Steve got, Steve will have some keys cut too, and we'll share them with you. Until then, I am Thomas Murphy for Steve Balistrieri. This is One Patriot's Place, and we are out of here. Merry Christmas, folks.